0: Hello there, it's Solo Tuesday time, and it's it's going to be interesting doing this. Um, made a fun little background here. If you're part of the pod squad, hashtag pod squad, you may not be able to see this. If you're part of the live squad, please let me know if my mic's working okay, because if something's wrong, usually I'll have AJ just to holler at me and say, yeah, bro, I can't hear you. So guys, if at any point during this whole little session, y'all can't hear me, let me know. Like, quickly, please. <laughs> but how is everyone doing? How is, if you're in the UK, how are you all enjoying this heat? Woo, it's hot here at the moment. Um, It's a weird one this week, guys. It is indeed. Mike seems fine. Thank you, Francis Lalonde. Great to have you here. Uh, I see a few other people who are watching us live. Please do comment. Say hello. Let me know you're here. I'll uh, be sure to include your comment and say hi back if you're new. Um, Right. What's happened? If you haven't been following me on twitter which is at movie mt um you will know that normally this is a two-man show uh sadly mr aj this week will not be present uh simply because he's got the 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 dreaded covid 19 that little thing you know that killed a load of people um yeah it's sadly aj has been afflicted with it riri thomas is here hi happy to be back love that you're ranking picks on movies but my god it's so difficult for me Riri. it is great to have you back i have missed you here on the channel thank you so much for joining again um it is very hard ranking picks on movies it is oh so hard what i found really interesting when i put the comment out on uh on our twitter page again at movie rush more if, if you're new to the channel or new to the podcast when i put the question out like boy, what was it three four hours ago I didn't see anyone who had the same sort of ranking that I did. So the more I've been looking at the Twitter questions, more and more I'm kind of worrying that oh shit, have I got a contentious list here. Uh, Gavin Mann is in the house. Good evening and happy belated Father's Day to you, Nico. Get well soon to Mr. Jordan. Hashtag #I'm with AJ. Uh yeah, actually I got I won't show her face, but I got a lovely uh, daddy Father's Day card right here which uh, from with a few photos from my first year as a parent, well, first eight months as a parent, and I also got this. This is I'm quite happy with this. Uh, my first Father's Day gift. Look, it's a bat mug. <laughs> How great is that? So that's my first Father's Day gift—a really, really ugly batarang bat mug. But yes, and it's kind of if you look closely, it's got uh, again. Sorry if you're on the Pod Squad, but you'll have to join the live video. It's got kind of all of Batman's like famous comic strips in this map. Lag. It's very cool um yeah that's my father's day spiel done uh francis delan says i don't really know lots of the sequels so we'll mostly try to import on the upper tier origin stories it's very funny you say that francis because that's going to be a running kind of repetitive commentary with one or two exceptions of course but for most part pixar okay so context I personally believe, if you're regular listeners to the podcast, you'll know this. I personally believe that Pixar are single-handedly the greatest movie studio on the planet. No studio has put out so much quality again and again and again and again and again. So, you know, repetitively, so effectively on such a frequent basis. It's not all been peaches and cream, but even when their movies are quote-unquote bad It's bad by Pixar standards. By average movie standards, most of these movies are freaking great. But what you're saying, Francis, is true. I don't really know lots of the sequels, so we'll mostly try to put, as you rightfully say, on the upper-tier origin stories. Because the Pixar sequels are... How can we say this diplomatically? Not as good. They're okay, in some, in some parts, they, it, it, there's one or two instances where they're good or great, but yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying about the origin stories being the upper tier. I would agree with that. Frank Torres is in the house. Hello, Frank. Hey, Nico, hope you're well. Happy belated Father's Day. Thank you, sir. Get well, AJ. What was your take on Lightyear not being the blockbuster we all expected? Our family's just waiting for streaming now. I'm going to touch on this now because here's an interesting thing. I think um, the new CEO of it, di- well, new. He's been at it for two years now, Bob Chapek. And this is in relate. This is a tangent, but in relation to your question, Frank, Bob Chapek, since Big Papa Bob Iger stepped down, Bob Iger, who of course gave creative control to Kevin Feige to run the MCU, who of course gave creative control to Pixar to do their own marketing. I mean. Bob Chapek, who in his defense, he's come in in a very difficult time. You know, he had to manage a production release during a pandemic. I mean, there's no manual for that. So in some ways, I feel him. I feel for him. But the guy has made so many goddamn mistakes. It's actually quite shameful. He was the one who so poorly handled the whole Scarlett Johansson fiasco a year ago. Y'all forgot about that. That was all Bob Chapek. He's the one who's put the prices up at the Disney parks. He's the one who recently, I mean recently, three, three, four months ago, took creative control of the marketing away from Marvel Studios. At the Doctor Strange 2 premiere, Kevin Feige literally on the red carpet openly said, I am pissed off with how much of this stuff was shown in trailers. Where there's smoke, there's fire, people. Now, in relation to your question, Frank, having said all that about Bob Chapek, he's also the guy who made the decision that movies like Luca and Turning Red, movies that I personally, and of course, opinions are like an arsehole, but the m- movies that I personally think should have been wide releases, went to streaming service. So your question, are families just waiting for streaming now? Yeah, it's possible because Disney have now created a, 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 in a short time, they've created like this culture where you don't need to go to the movies anymore. You can just wait for streaming. I mean, shit, literally. I mean, i got my, um, yeah, you may see I'm in a new background today. I've, I have been removed from my studio and moved into another room so that my studio can be given to the small baby. Um, But you know, literally, we were just watching some Disney Plus, me and the me and the wife, a few moments ago. And guys, what's the date? It's uh, what date is it today? It's it's the 21st of June. Tomorrow, I don't know what it's like in the U.S. Tomorrow, on Disney Plus, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming out. And some people are like, "Yay, cool! We didn't see it at the cinema. Now we didn't have to wait so long." That's part of the problem. When you start creating a culture where you're telling people You don't need to go to the cinema anymore. Wait a month. I mean, shit, Doctor Strange 2 came out literally a month ago. It's a month. And it's already on streaming service. Tomorrow. At time of recording. That may change, but believe me, that wasn't Kevin Feige's choice. Now, Disney are being stupid here because that movie is still out in theaters. They could still make money from that. Why would you not make money from it? When you can give it to streaming service, why would people go and see it at the cinema when they can stay at home and watch it on streaming service? Now, I know all the consumers amongst you are going to be like, oh, you're being short-sighted. It's so great for us consumers. Yes, 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 yes. yes. In the short term, it's great for us as consumers because, yeah, we don't need to pay those $20 or here £20, sometimes more than £20 cinema tickets. Yeah, I'll just wait a month. Fuck it. I'll stay off the internet and avoid spoilers for a month. I'll I'll clear my cookie cache so I don't have any notifications on Doctor Strange 2 or something. And yeah, I'll see it within a month. It's great. And I'm blocking the porn. Um, here's where it becomes a problem for us as movie fans, guys. You cannot make tentpole AAA blockbuster movies with the income you make from streaming. These are hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, of course, these big studios have that money. But the reason they have that money is because they make that money by releasing these movies in theaters. This this notion that, you know, Warner Brothers did this last year. They fucked up. Now you see with all the Warner Brothers movies, it's like, no, no, no. It's coming out exclusively at the cinemas. Disney are making the same mistakes with good old Bob Chapek at the head. They are making the same mistakes, not letting movies like Luca and Turning Red come out in cinemas. They lost Pixar money there. Pixar were pissed about that. They're doing the same thing now with Doctor Strange 2. You start costing your studios money. You heard it here first. I will put this timestamp this shit on record. If you keep doing this shit, like pissing your creatives like Kevin Feige off, they will walk. Christopher Nolan walked from Warner Brothers. Denis Villeneuve walked from Warner Brothers. Now what do Warner Brothers have? A load of execs in charge. And I know the millennials out there might be like, oh yeah, sure, you know, it's the corporations who should be running this. No, 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 no. When it comes to a creative art form, the creatives should have creative control. And when it comes to marketing, the people like Kevin Feige, the producers overseeing, you know, the 10 plus, and we're coming up, it's gonna be 20 years at some point, a 20 year storyline creative process, There are things you don't want to put in the trailers so that the audiences have the surprise moments. It's all going a little bit wrong at Disney. And you heard it here first. If they keep doing this, they are going to lose people like Kevin Feige. And they are going to lose their creatives that they have. At, uh, at Pixar, because no one wants to have their work, which they've put three to five years working and being told it's not getting a cinema release. It's going to go to streaming service. No one wants that. Absolutely no one wants that. So our families, to, our, to come back to your question, Frank, Are families just waiting for streaming now? Yeah, I think so. And it's going to hurt the movies. And when these movies don't make money, Those types of movies won't be made anymore. They'll be made on a lower budget and they'll be direct to streaming. So by actually supporting streaming, although I have all of the streaming platforms, I will still go out to the cinema and support cinema. But by not supporting cinema, you are basically, whether you like to realize this or not, you are sending a message to the studio saying, you don't need to give us hundred million dollar productions anymore. And if you don't like $100 million productions, great. Then this whole rant hasn't been for you. So I apologize for that. Francis Lalonde says, Nico, got to ask, saw an article about Lightyear mentioning meat, bread, meat versus bread, meat, bread. Spoiler? No. No, no. I like what you've done there, but it's not a spoiler. Absolutely not. Gavin Mann says, thanks again for the Snowpiercer recommendation, Nico. Caught Moon last night as well. Oh, Moon good, right? Let me know what you thought about that, Gavin. Um, Riri Thomas says, get well AJ Of course, the two of you are always class Also, do you still want a rush Do you still want to rush more or just a list Of a uh, personal favourite Good question, Riri I think I'm going to see how this particular Show goes and I'm going to, we'll, we'll play it by ear Like if halfway through the show I can get the vibe That people want to give rush Then we'll go for rush and I'll do a poll anyway Which, Do you know what? Fuck it we're going to do a Rushmore. So yeah, stay tuned till the end so I can get all your Rushmores. Gavin Mann says, the last couple of Pixar films have bombed at the box office, according to Wiki, of course. It's a mix between quality and watching on Disney+. There's no doubt about that. There is absolutely no doubt about that. But The Incredibles 2 did very well. Coco did very well. Inside Out did very well. When the quality is there, they make money. Word of mouth is a powerful thing, and word of mouth has never been as prevalent as in the glorious age of of social media. I personally think Turning Red would have made money. Just my opinion. RJ Skarenki is back. Great to have you back, RJ. Thank you for joining us again. In the previews, Lightyear looked good, but Buzz looked like a mannequin. So, yes, there's an element of that to it. Um, And Frank Torres confirms Doctor Strange comes out here tomorrow too. Madness! RJ Skarenke says yeah man also with this 45 day window it's easy to wait now for streaming there you go so why would anyone why would any logical thinking person i mean as i said i do it because i mean i'm not saying you guys are stupid but i i think what i see is the bigger picture which is fuck the 45 day thing fuck the streaming services i'll of course pay for them and watch them and consume their content first and foremost i want to see these movies as they were intended which is on a big screen in a You know, big reclining chair if you have that. If not, the big reclining chair is not a deal breaker, but big screen, big audio, you know, popcorn as it's meant to be done. That's the cinema experience. Long, long, long may it rain. And RJ Skorenki goes on to say, by the way, tomorrow is my birthday and Doctor Strange will be one of my birthday presents. Happy, happy birthday to you, RJ Skorenki. And you will be how old? I'd like to know. Um, And Gavin Mann says, admittedly, if something comes out directly from, say, Netflix and then on cinema, I'll catch it on Netflix. The likes of Disney, I will watch in cinema if I can. My man, good for you. Tucky is here too. And Tucky says, each to their own, I guess. I still go to the cinema, but understandable for people if they choose to stream. Convenience will always be a factor. Same way video stores lost out to streaming. 100% agree. 100% agree. And so now coming back to my point, studios especially like Disney, who have their big blockbuster releases and their own exclusive streaming platform, of course. Studios like Disney have the power to create their own unique viewing culture. The viewing culture they're creating at the moment is Pixar streaming, and now recently, for a big Marvel movie, just wait a month, it'll be on streaming. That's a very short-sighted business plan. Yes, it'll make the shareholders very happy because Disney Plus will be making money, But it will affect the quality of the movies in the long run mark my word now what you can do is that you create the convenience for the consumer whereby you give three months to wait not one month like they're doing with dr strange i mean this is just stupid rj skarenki says this is how the batman survived in theaters no hbo max no streaming for 45 days 750 million baby my man you got it that is literally it word seven eight nine is back great to have you back Everybody knows number one Pixar movie, wreck of Ralph. <laughs> My man. Gavin Mann goes on to say, going to the cinema twice this week. Elvis, th- is Elvis out this week? Oh, Gavin. Thank you, sir. I know what I'm doing Friday. Um, and Francis Lon says, should be very tight top four Rushmore poll. I hope so. And then Tucky goes on to say, when was the last truly great Pixar movie? Uh, let's pull up Pixar's website here. When we say, I mean... Truly great is obviously a matter of opinion, as always. Um, but I'm obviously going to give, in my in my humble opinion, Pixar.com feature films launch. Uh, so for me, it's a strange question, just because you've got to factor in the pandemic, where they didn't have a lot of releases for two years. So the last truly great Pixar movie, I would say, is Coco. And that came out in 2018, but I, I imagine they would have released other movies earlier than that, were it not for the pandemic. So, although 2018, now that we're in 2022, seems like an age ago, you got to factor in those two years of no releases. So, I, in in the interest of fairness, two years if you neglect the pandemic. Uh, Gavin Man says thought the first 30 minutes of Moon was slow, but I think I'll appreciate that more on second viewing. Overall, really liked it. Great concept, fantastic, and aj's in the house hey guys don't know how but the global one got me again just seen a few messages thank you so much guys and see you next week aj i miss you brother get better soon tucky goes on to say suspect dr strange on disney plus is a response to paramount plus going live tomorrow for sure for, for sure this is tactical and planned it's like let's get people on disney watching dr strange for sure it is gavin man says i pick netflix because some of their content can be rotten Yes, some of their content indeed is rotten. Most of their movie content, I would argue, is rotten. Their documentaries, fantastic. Their series, for the most part, fantastic. Their movies, not so good. Uh, Francis Lalonde says, I'm still fanatical about actually possessing physical copies of films. Me too. So unless I'm stoked about a film, I'll avoid the theater and wait for the DVD Blu-ray. See, I'm slightly different, Francis. What I'll do is I'll go see it in the cinema, and then if I loved it, then I'll get it on DVD and Blu-ray. So I kind of do that double whammy. Um, and then we've got Gavin Man saying, Soul was the last great film. Ah, I see. You, know, you see, you see. I mentioned that my choice of Pixar movies may be a tad contentious. So, and here we go. I don't agree on Soul being a great film. But that's why we're here. We're here to talk Pixar. And Word789 says, little bit off topic, sorry, but should I go and watch Jurassic Park Dominion? What's seven, eight, nine? When you're done with the watching the podcast today, um, jump on to the channel. I've done a review for Jurassic World Dominion. If you value my opinion, the review will tell you everything. So have a look at that. Um, Taki then goes on to say, to be fair, I'd probably go, Luca. Loved it straight away. There you go. See, see, you would have given your money for Luca and they lost your money by putting it on streaming. R.J. Skarenki says, Coco was such a heartwarming movie. Best Pixar movie of 2020. Yep. And then there's a lot of love going to AJ's way. Cool, guys. Well, 19 minutes. And I'm shocked that I managed to hold that alone without actually talking about movies for 19 minutes. But let's get into this shiz. Um, As always, guys, uh, this particular episode, as I'm going to be running it alone, I actually managed to get the time to bring up a few video clips and whatnot soundless, so I'm not going to get copyright struck, which is Awesome. Um, so you're going to see a bit of video content to support it just being me, uh, throughout the video because I don't want you guys to get bored. So, Pod Squad, um, this might be one where you'd, you know, if, if you are listening on podcast, which, uh, again, age is not here, I'm going to have to do this all by myself. <laughs> if you are listening into our podcast, if you're not, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Deezer, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Geo7. All podcast platforms, all you have to do is search movie Mount Rushmore. Um, but if you are Pod Squad, I would suggest, especially for this episode, maybe come in and watch the video on demand on our YouTube channel just because there's going to be some nice video displays. Um, and if you've enjoyed watching the video live and you want to catch it again on podcast, you've just seen where you can get it. And as always, guys, if you do happen to like the ramblings of two best friends of 20 plus years talking movies every single week and you like our content, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash movie dudes. And for literally less than the price of your daily Starbucks, you can support the channel and the hard work that AJ and I do on here to bring you guys a bit of happiness and joy and a bit of a film community feel every single week. A few more comments have come through and then I will crack on with uh, breaking down this list. Lots of porn. Let's block the porn. Uh, Blocking the porn. Blocking the porn. Uh yeah so lots of love to AJ. Uh now RJ Skorenki says and also on top uh and also Top Gun Maverick survived uh violin theaters 800 million going on 900 million. And you know what? It's going to get more of my money. I saw that opening weekend and I will be going again with my uncle to see that this coming Thursday. Gavin Man says Toy Story 3, Up and Coco were the biggest tear jerkers of Pixar that I have seen. I would listen to that. Yes. Um And Gavin Mann confirms Nico Elvis is out this Friday. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Thank you, guys. Okie dokie. So let's actually talk some movies then. Let's start off all the way at the bottom. Now, again, I would like to preface. I'd like to be very careful here in saying there are genuine. There is probably genuinely. There is probably genuinely only one Pixar movie that I would go as far as to say that I hate and it's not a bad movie some people would say it's actually very good i hate it for what it did to a beloved story it will make more sense when we get to it because funnily enough despite the fact that i hate it objectively i recognize that it's not the worst pixar movie so i tried this off before let's see if this works guys bear with me but we should have Please work, for the love of God. <laughs> is it on the desktop? Please work. Yes. Okay, let's go. Ha-ha, look at that. <laughs> In at number 26 is Cars 2. Guys, look, the Cars movies have never been the most loved of the Pixar movies. Now, while Cars 2 had some neat ideas, notably casting Michael Kane as an Aston Martin who plays a spy, cool idea, I think this movie missed a trick by taking the attention and putting it on Mater. Although the movie, as you can see in some of the screenshots here, actually did have some quite surprising and gruesome deaths. Making Mater the star of this movie just did not work for me at all. Um, Cars does move at a breakneck pace and the movie is better for that because the speed is such that you don't actually have time to... (laughs) <laughs> you don't have time to stop and focus on the numerous, numerous plot problems. But as and 789 7, just said, bruh, planes. Like, the point of the Cars trilogy has always been that racer vibe. You know, we'll talk about Cars 1 and Cars 3 later on. For a frank, for, for for an idea that already wasn't that great, yes, it was John Lasseter's kind of love letter. The, the whole thing was John Lasseter's love letter to you know the Great American Road Trip along Route sixty six, if you can call that the Great American Road Trip. I guess um, this movie is not good. Um, it's definitely targeted at the kids, and it's definitely one of those money makers. But yeah, Cars two, I'd say is my number twenty six, and I think quite easily the worst pixar movie uh gavin man says never watch cars 2 as i wasn't blown away by the first it wasn't bad though that's the point cars one wasn't bad this i would say is uh, frank torres says nobody likes the Cars series how it got a trilogy will never know preach my brother and rj skarenki says i'll watch any of the fast and furious movies over cars any day yep i hear that and word seven eight nine says it's cars kids like cars it's true It's true, it's true. Let us move on then with my number 25. And in at number 25, this one is the one I think that is going to surprise people. So to quote Samuel L. Jackson from Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. I've done it. In at number 25, I am putting Toy Story 4. And this, my friends, is the one I'm saying that I actually categorically hate. The movie made Woody Bo Peeps Bitch, it undid all of the good that the trilogy, which up until this movie, I would say was in an argument for being one of, if not the greatest trilogy ever, Toy Story 1, 2 and 3. This movie dealt with a toy having an existential crisis. It's like, I'm sorry, have we not trodden this route already before? And it's like, oh, well, we need to fill in the Bo Peep story. It's like, no, 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 no. You really do not in any way, shape or form need to fill in the little Bo Peep story because we had that and it's called great filmmaking. That one throwaway line in Toy Story 3 when they just turned to Woody and said, remember what happened to Bo? Yeah, I remember. That little line, you learn everything you need to know about the heartbreak that Woody has gone through. You did not need a whole movie to elaborate on a throwaway storyline, which clearly highlighted the cowboy's distress, and by doing so, by proxy, eliminating all of the good grace that the original trilogy did. In my humble opinion, Forky is a fucktard character, or Sporky, Spoony. What the fuck was he called? The the moron Spork thing, um it's a toy from ex- it's a toy with an existential crisis they are literally retreading toy story 1 just not good why why do this you you had a perfect trilogy and you went and spoiled it it's, it's, it's no it's a no it's a bad pixar bad 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 um yeah and then tucky has now added pixar definitely lack imagination with their sequel names don't they just Gavin Mann says, going on last week's episode, will Pixar make the dino crossover of re-executive decision? <laughs> Word 789 and says, agreed. Toy Story 4 is absolute garbage. Also called it. Uh, fair play, bro. I was holding out for it to be good. Francis Law says, I remember you mentioned Toy Story 4 last week. Yes, yes, it's, it's just not good. Ain't nobody care about Bo Peep, says Word 789. Gavin Mann, though, says, Toy Story 4 was a good film. It just should have been called something else, like a spinoff. Mm-hmm. I, Gavin, it's not often I disagree with you, bro. I don't think it was a good film because of the, the story that they executed and the, 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 the lack of stakes and the lack of danger throughout the movie compared to the other three. I was just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? When you consider the ending of Toy Story 3 and then you consider this, mm -mm, for me, it's not good. Tucky says, look great, but the most forgettable story of the four movies, now they have to make a fifth because that ending wasn't satisfying. At all. At all. And my worry is if they do make a fifth, it's then going to carry on and on and on. And the further along we go, the more we undo the good graces that we created with that original trilogy. Word79 says, yeah, but Toy Story 4 ruined the franchise. No, I don't think it did ruin the franchise because those three movies are still phenomenal. You just have to be in a world where you put your headspace where like, okay, we don't care about Toy Story 4. We don't watch Toy Story 4. It's like, No Time to Die could have ruined James Bond. It's like, no, fuck you, Daniel Craig, and fuck you, No Time to Die. I still love James Bond. You don't exist to me. That is the way I like to look at it, at least. RJ Skorenki says he was called Forky, and what an annoying character he was. Right? Right. And Word789 says, I remember when they said Toy Story 3 was meant to be the last one. It was. It, 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 the ending was perfect. It should have been the last one. Um, I don't give a fork, says Word789. Very good. <laughs> and uh, Tucky then goes on to say, I suspect they will go full circle. Andy will have a child who will then own the toys. Oh, geez, I hope not. Please don't do that. Anyway, that's my number 25. Guys, let's... Oh, sorry. That is the wrong button here. Let's go over to... Uh, number 24 and in at number 24 we have this may be contentious soul i'm going with soul at number 24 now what you can see in the video here again pod squad apologies if you're not seeing this but what you can see what is going on here Sorry, I've got the wrong clips in there. So what you can see in Soul here is essentially an, uh, a a utilitarian version of the afterlife. Now inherently, what pissed me off about that is like, hmm, a Pixar afterlife movie. I'm pretty sure that we've seen that already, <coughs> Coco. Um, now, while the first part of this movie, I absolutely adored what you're seeing on screen here, which is you know, this, uh, the, the 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 pianist who's having an untimely death and who wants to somehow reconnect with the outside world. This is where the scenes are very misleading because what we saw in the trailer, all of this, you know, utilitarian afterlife stuff. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic, but that's not the movie. Is it what the movie is, what you saw on the clips there, which admittedly looks great. Why does he, what was with the cat? Why? Well, why did we ruin such a good idea and then go, cat? Like, cat. So you've got this great story about an untimely death and a soul that doesn't want to come into life with, the, what was it, Tina Fey playing the little baby soul? And you're going to put all that great idea, which has got the visuals and prettiness that entertains children and the depth of storyline to entertain adults, something Pixar- Famously do, which is what makes them great, and you're gonna say, now forget all that cat people like cats. Cats are cool, cats get clicks on YouTube. It's like, yeah, I mean, sure, cats are great. I prefer dogs, but cats are great. Why would you ruin a great story? Granted, a re kind of a rehashed story, but why would you ruin a great story for the sake of making it kid friendly? You were already kid-friendly with the vigils, you didn't need to go further than that. It completely missed the point for me. Completely missed the point. Um, Riri Thomas says, interested to see what you would say is the most underrated. I think it's a Bug's Life personally. I love that. Bug's Life is great, Riri. We'll get to what I think the most underrated is. Gavin, man, angry. 24, where's the unsubscribe button? No, stay. Gavin, please. The force is strong with you. Stay with me. (laughs) Only kidding. (laughs) Word789 says, yo, I haven't watched this movie, but the trailers made me want to watch it. Word789, me too, brother. Me too, brother. And that is exactly why I went to see it. That is exactly why I didn't like it. And then I rewatched it again on streaming and it did not work for me. The first third of the movie, inventive, original, fantastic, and then let's go into a cat. Why, stupid? Uh, Tucky says I thought the choice of the cat was just too silly. Clash with the deeper stuff in the movie. You get what I'm saying, Tucky. This is what I'm saying. Thank you for that. That was my number twenty-four, and in uh, number twenty-three, in at number twenty-three, uh, we have got again slightly contentious. My apologies. But in at number 23, we've got Brave. I did not care for this movie. It suffers from exactly the same mistakes that Soul suffers from. Now, what was nice to see is that it was the first time we actually had a female-led Pixar movie. Not a female-featured, but a female-led Pixar movie, which I liked. And much like with Soul, the first part of this movie I adored. Gave me a bit of a female Aladdin vibe. Uh, Maybe missing the point, but that's just the vibe I got. Um, Love the animation in this from the in-depth 3D to the beautiful, beautiful red hair. Um, But the moment, okay, so just like with Soul, the moment we get to Cat, I raise an eyebrow. Like with Brave, the moment we get to Mother Bear, I'm raising an eyebrow. It's like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. You've got a really, really good feminine empowering story here about a girl who's trying to break social convention, about a girl who's trying to stand on her own two feet and about a girl who's like all young women and all young people, in fact, defying her parents to find her own voice a little bit. And we put that to the side for the sake of kitty friendly bear. And I know people are going to be like, yeah, but these are kid movies. No, they're not. Pixar movies are not kids' movies. Just because they're animated does not make them kids' movies. In my humble opinion, these movies are there um, as a vessel for both adult and children. They are are vessels for the whole family. The animation, obviously, colors and shapes and all that. Yes, kids are going to love that. But the stories, you'll see as we get up the list, the stories adult themed and what fundamentally annoys me with soul and with brave we start well we do what pixar's famous for colorful colors nice shapes adult themes and then we go eh, fuck it just kitty stuff kitty stuff kitty stuff mother turns into a bear also can we talk about the fact that she tries to poison her mother like Something a bit, f- you know, <laughs> I'm all for adult themes and stuff. But in a movie which is talking about a young woman finding her voice, the answer to that is poison your mama. Like, that doesn't work at all. Um, what have we got here in the comments? Uh, Gavin Mann says, uh, Pete, Doctor, seemed to be the key behind a good Pixar film. Normally does the writing. I did not know that. Uh, Word789 says, never watch Brave, never will. Watch the first. 30 minutes, I mean, my wife, who's just entered the room, I think is a big fan of Brave, yes? You like Brave, yes? Yes, she liked Brave. I didn't, you see, wasn't differently with different people? Uh, Gavin Mann says, haven't seen it yet. I know, right? Um, Word789 says, Monsters University better be nice. (laughs) You see, the pressure's coming already. (laughs) Billy Mount says, they're family films. By the way, Billy Mount, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us, and you are spot on. They are family films. And Word789 says, hated that movie. It's not very good, is it? And then we've got Tucky saying, Brave and Braveheart appear next to each other on all movies on Disney+. Plus. Great doubleheader for the family. Yeah, explain that one to your kids. Um, right, what have we got next? That was, that was what, 24, 23? That was 23. So let's go with number 22. Um, I'm afraid, uh, Word789, you're going to be disappointed. Monsters University isn't next. Up next, number 22, I'm putting the original Cars, the one that started the franchise, which people were questioning, why does this need to be a franchise? Um, Of all of Pixar's original movies, definitely the most kiddie-friendly. I mean, what Route 66, here you go. So I mentioned this earlier. This is very much John Lasseter's love letter to the Great American Road Trip. Um, It's obviously got... Uh, Paul Newman in his last ever role. So it's always very, you know, bittersweet and sad to hear the great Paul Newman's last words on screen. But what Cars did right is that Im- it embraced that kind of NASCAR Americana race, race, vroom vroom vibe, right? Um, I liked Lightning McQueen as a character, as you can see in the banner down below. He's one of the characters I picked. He is an icon of Pixar at this point, there's no doubt about that. The story of this one, very simple and self-contained. Arrogant race car needs to rediscover himself and go back to basics in order to keep winning. Like, the story is not complex, but the story is also, unlike Brave and Soul, which got stupid and, you know, intellectually offensive. I mean, the story of cars is harmless. It's inoffensive at its core. You know, it's a simple, you know, very on the nose, but it's a very simple story um and word 789 says it perfectly here cars was meh it's not good it's not bad this is what i mean it's just kind of there it's just there it's there's nothing wrong with it it's just not great um and then so i don't really have much more to add to cars as i said it's a movie which doesn't have much substance um but yeah let's let's move on with that one so that was that was let's get the next video file ready so that was number that was number 22 uh in at number 21 not going far here in at number 21 cars three people say this is the worst pixar movie i for the life of me can't understand that for me this is not only not the worst pixar movie of the three cars movies this is by far the best one now, someone brought up a comment here. I think it was uh, it was Tucky. It's basically Rocky Three. This movie is basically uh, Rocky Balboa, Cars 3. It's, you know, the old veteran Lightning McQueen in a very adult theme is now coming up against, unlike in the old ones where he was against people who are his level, he's now coming up against these young guns who smoke him. This is essentially the old boxer, Coming up against, uh, coming up against, you know, the 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 young warrior who whom he cannot. guys can you hear me I am back in action I'm really really sorry about that can everyone please just <laughs> let me let me know that they can hear me okay I do apologize for that absolutely no idea what happened there technical difficulties um Mike went out video froze Roger that frozen ironically not a Pixar film who wants to play ice spy while we wait guys can everyone hear me is everyone back in the chat is everyone okay everyone able to hear me Please sound off so I know that you're there. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to press on with this. Where were we? Um, he's back. Good. Loud and clear. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Francis. Appreciate you guys. Where were we? Um, we were talking Cars 3. Yeah, this is essentially Rocky Balboa, isn't it? The young gun, the, the old, old vet who's who's now, he's done his winning. He's done his winning. And now the young gun comes along, the new upgraded model. And it's Cars 1, just on better with the whole Lightning McQueen having to rediscover himself and reinvent himself. This movie is Creed with cars. I really liked it. Now let us go. So we've done like the bottom six. Now, I guess we are officially, I guess, past the worst, the worst. And we are in the, uh, we are in the top 20 now. So again, this may be contentious because I've seen some love for it already. Um, but in at number 20, Luca, now, Look how was cute. Now let's face it, who doesn't like spending time on the Italian Riviera? Um I love that kind of 50s uh you know Cinque Terre aesthetic. I loved, you know, the the nods to the uh stereotypical side of Italy. I loved it. it's kind of like a little mermaid meets splash though, isn't it? You know, it's very it, it's literally fish out of water story. The the reason I wanted to The reason I'm specifying that this one isn't higher is it doesn't have much stakes to it. Like, ultimately, the story is these two kids come out the water and they go in a, you know, they train to win a Vespa. It's like, huh, okay. So even with the worst movies so far, we have dealt with utilitarian afterlife untimely death we have dealt with women uh, sorry young women finding finding their own voice and not being influenced by a patriarchal society we have dealt with uh you know rocky balboa-esque uh themes of you know old veterans having to fight the youth and then we come to luca and it's like i need to win a vespa do do you see my problem here do you see why this isn't higher for me like there's there's nothing inherently wrong with it it's just like there's nothing new to it it's the little mermaid it's splash it's a fish out of water it's it's and it's all of those things i mean shit even with the little mermaid it's like you know she's literally putting a lot at stake here yes ariel is one of the world's almighty morons as characters go but there are stakes in the little mermaid. The stakes are high, blocking the pawn, blocking the pawn. The stakes are high. Here the stakes are like Vesper. It's like Okay. I mean, it's fine, but that's it. Okay. Uh what does what's everyone saying? Billy Mount says Nico I wanted to ask where's AJ? Ah, Billy, you missed it at the top of the show. So, AJ has unfortunately been conv- uh, con- convicted. <laughs> that's completely not what I wanted to say. AJ is currently afflicted with COVID 19 so he's feeling a bit under the weather um please send him your love please send him your support um buy him a coffee wink wink nudge nudge um but yeah he should 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 be back next week so thoughts and prayers going out to my best friend aj uh word 789 says generic as fuck movie didn't care for it i'm kind of with you gavin man says i like luca it wasn't accompanied with some nice it it was accompanied with some nice short films too um some nice shorts too uh word 789 says this felt like it has been done a million times yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it that's my issue um and says i think the fact that it was full of deep themes was why i liked it deep deep themes see deep (laughs) ha 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 I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, wasn't. Sorry. So you weren't doing the, the yuck yuck. Okay, my bad. But yeah, go with the yuck yuck. Uh, right. Let's go with our next entry. So at number 19, in at number 19, what have we got here? In at number 19, the sequel that didn't need to be made, the smacks of, un, uh, of unnecessary sequelitis. Um, Finding Dory in at number 19 had some nice ideas. uh it, it pales in comparison to the original, got some decent voice talents. Obviously, the DeGeneres is back, uh, Mel uh Mel Brooks is back. Uh sorry, Albert Brooks, not Mel Brooks, Albert Brooks is back. Um, I think Idris Elba did a voice in this, but it's just such a a, a shallow imitation of its predecessor, it's quite scary now. Here's, here's an interesting thing I'd like to pitch to all of you guys. Finding Dory, despite the story not being the best, had potential. Let me pitch something to you here. You may have heard this if you're regular listeners before, but they could have made Finding Dory go from being meh, you know, sort of mediocre middle to bottom of the table territory to actually being great with one scene. And we all know that Pixar can win you over with one scene. We're going to talk about that later. Minor spoiler here. So I, well, not minor, major spoiler here if you haven't seen Finding Dory. So I apologize. Um, The end when Dory finds her parents. That was the moment you should have made us all tear up and get the feels. Because what would have been, you know how she arrives back where she thinks she is. And obviously she's got that memory loss problem, right? So she thinks she lives here. She sees the seashells, right, which are leading her home. And that's how she knows, okay, yeah, I found the right place. Oh, amazing. Memory, memory problem gone. I've actually managed to find my way back against all odds. And then her parents are there. Hmm... What would have been so much more powerful, so much more powerful, would have been same same key point, which is despite having that memory loss problem, she manages to find her way home. You know, insurmountable personal odds, right? Um, what would have been much more powerful here? Tell me what you guys think of this. She gets back. She thinks she's in the right place. Sees the seashells. Knows she's in the right place, follows them all the way home, but the parents aren't there. You could have had something like, I think the dad fish was wearing glasses for some reason. If if not, ignore this next point. If he was, you could have just had the glasses in the sand to imply that they're dead, you know? Or even if you didn't have the glasses, the fact that the house is empty implies that the parents are dead. And the message there is so much more powerful. It means that even when gone, they were still able to help her. They were still able to help her get over her per- Dory's personal affliction. They were still able to give her that one final lesson. That's so much more powerful than just fish gets home and, yay, mom, dad, I made it. It's like, ah. Oh. You were already okay as a movie, but you could have gone from okay to great if you'd done that scene properly. That's just my opinion, obviously. Um, Standout in this movie, hands down, was the octopus. The octopus was all sorts of cool. Um, Now, Gavin Mann says, no sign of Monsters University yet. Billy Mount says the sequel no one was asking for, for especially one actress who is the hated actress now. Oh yes, <laughs> Tucky says not actually seen it. But Dory was the most irritating part of Finding Nemo, so didn't so I didn't watch the sequel. Uh, Billy Mount says Ellen DeGeneres is an awful person. Never saw Finding Dory and didn't care for it. All of that is fair. Right into our next entry. In at I believe it's number eighteen now. Riri, I apologize to you because in at number 18 is A Bug's Life. Now, I really like this movie. I, as you can see, I've put some Kurosawa shots on here because A Bug's Life is essentially Pixar doing Seven Samurai. It is, you know, the wandering traveler who goes and recruits other wandering travelers to come and protect his village. It is literally Seven Samurai in a nutshell. Um, people may not agree with me on this, for me, I remember A Bug's Life being famous because it came out at the same time as Ants. And for me, it was the lesser movie. I know, I know. What the hell, Burn the Witch? How could you say A Bug's Life is worse than Ants? I preferred Ants. Just, it's just the way I roll, people. Um, there's nothing wrong with A Bug's Life. I would listen to an argument to say that it's one of the most underappreciated. Definitely. I would listen to that argument all day. Um, because there's nothing wrong with this film. It's actually a very good film. It's just now we are getting into territory where Pixar movies are getting to be good, 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 great, 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 great. You know, it's it's getting hard now to to adjust the ranking. But nothing wrong with The Bug's Life. Um, the animation obviously has dated a little bit. Um, blatantly copy Seven Samurai, but that's not a bad thing considering how much of a good movie it's copying. But yeah. Bugs Life, my number 18. Riri Thomas says, fair play, Nico. I didn't say it was my fave, just underappreciated. I'm with you. I think it is underappreciated. Billy Mount says, A Bug's Life is a decent film, but it's no way as good as Ants. Okay, Billy Mount, my brother. You're with me, my friend. Um, And yeah, same here. I prefer Ants. Uh, Frank Torrey says, Nico, good call with Ants versus Bugs Life. Same summer as Deep Impact versus Armageddon. The summer of clashes, right? Um, Oh, I'm going to say something. Oh, So... Deep Impact and Armageddon. That's an interesting one. Deep Impact was definitely a snooze fest while Armageddon was, you know, popcorn Americana, uh, you know, Land of the Free and all that. So Armageddon had more, you know, star uh, star spangled thrills. But fuck me, it was stupid. So stupid. So um, I'd probably lean Deep Impact over Armageddon just on the fact that I don't feel like a moron after I've watched uh, Deep Impact. Also, Volcano versus Dante's Peak, as Tuck and Frank Torres both say. Now you see both of those. Well, I think Dante's Peak is the better movie. I love Volcano. I I love both of those movies. What a great summer, weird summer that was. What a weird, great summer. Uh, All right, let's move on to our next one. So Bugs Life is number 18. In at number 17, I'm going to get hate for this one because people are going to say this should be lower. But in at number 17, The Good Dinosaur. I think this movie is sorely, sorely underappreciated. It's a what-if movie. What if the asteroid had never hit planet Earth and the dinosaurs had survived? Well, you would effectively get kind of a dino western, which is what Pixar have presented us with. I'll go on record now and saying this has got some of, if not the best special effects Pixar have ever created. If you're watching live, just look at the trees, the foliage, the ground, the grapes. I mean, yes, the animations of the dinosaurs and humans is not, or the caveman, I should say, is not the best, but the water, the air, the trees. I mean, it is so beautiful, this movie. Um that and it's, it's a little bit scary in parts with the T-Rexes and you know the hunting and the and the wild westing and all that it might not be as kid friendly as it could be um the story is not the best uh it's a, you could you can tell this was a troubled production and went through three rewrites but for all the problems it had there's a few fantastic scenes in there notably i say it every time you've heard me say it with aj before the sticks the sticks which are personified which are showing you know family unity and how they've both lost family members is just heartbreaking and it's such a great way of two two souls understanding a similar pain that each have been through independently it's it's a wonderful cinematic moment the movie as a whole not the best very simplistic story stunning animation though and because it had that one moment that got me all, it didn't cry, but got me teared up. Um, it had that moment that got me a bit, uh, you know, teary eyed. And because of how goddamn beautiful it is, I am putting the good dinosaur in at uh, at number 17. Um, <laughs> going back to what we said before, Volcano versus Dante's Peak. Taki says Dante's Peak has Pierce Brosnan. Automatic win. I would listen to that. Uh, Billy Mount says another one: Paul Blart versus Observe and Report. I am proud to say I think that I have not seen either of those. Billy Mount, uh, in reference to Good Dinosaur coming up two weeks in a row, Gavin Man says two weeks in a row. And Francis Laundry affirms still haven't seen the Good Dinosaur. Listen, Francis, I'm not suggesting you put it top, 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 top of your must see list or anything, but it's got some good parts in it. That it, it's. The parts are greater than the sum of the movie. Tucky, though, says not a fan of The Good Dinosaur at all. It's a mid-range DreamWorks movie, not a Pixar movie. That's fair. That's a very fair comment. Although, bro, Tucky, I would argue that DreamWorks have actually put out some good movies. Um, I'm a big fan of the Despicable Me. I love How to Train Your Dragon. Shrek is great. Let's You know, be nice with DreamWorks. They've done some good stuff. They've done some very, very, very good stuff. So that was my number 17. And in at number 16, uh, we are slowly moving up. Um, The one that came out this year, guys, I loved it. In at number 16, we've got Turning Red. This movie, I thought once again, we're focusing on a young female character. I thought this hit so many perfect beats. I applaud Disney and Pixar for not making a woman's menstruation cycle a taboo topic and metaphorically going through what young girls experience as teenagers and the anger they experience as their bodies change and you know kind of bookending the whole thing as you can see here with you know the atypical teenage uh, boy band there's so much good in this movie i do think that this one should have got a wide cinema release and I, I, it had me smiling from ear to ear. You know what? And as a father of a young girl now, um, you may not agree, but I, I think this is the sort of movie which I would be very comfortable and happy showing to my daughter as and when she gets old enough. Um, I find it fucking weird some of the commentary I've seen online though. Like the, the one thing I saw constantly was in kind of Reddit forums and stuff was I'm guessing there must be parents saying, oh. Turning red is terrible because, you know, it's 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 teaching kids how to argue with their parents. First of all, kids don't need to be taught how to argue with their parents. I think we can all agree that comes as a natural fucking skill to all of us as we're going through our teenage years. It's just part of the parcel. Um, and then, you know, the glorification of the period, as I heard some people calling it. I mean, g- g- glorification? No. Can we swap the word glorification with normalization because like we we need to like i'm not saying any men on here or any men that i know in my circles but i think we are all aware of the fact that there is still a ridiculous amount of taboo feeling around women's periods and it's fucking ridiculous (laughs) like imagine if you had a daughter like you you know you, you wouldn't you wouldn't When she, you know, starts bleeding, you wouldn't want her to come up to you and you'd be like, oh, gross, you're a disgusting human. It's like, no, come on, you've got to be supportive with these things. Can we all just show a bit of compassion here, please? Like to normalize something like this, never glorify, but to normalize something like this and to discuss it through metaphor using, you know, Chinese mythology. Well done, Pixar. Well fucking done. I had no issue with this movie. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, And Gavin Mann said, Did that boy have angel wings? So that's a show that they go to at the, again, if you're watching, if you're Pod Squad, I was showing one of the clips from Turning Red here. The one with, I think they're called the A team or the or or, or a band, or I can't remember the name of the boy band, you'll have to forgive me. But the big show that they see in Toronto at the end, yes, they, they're they all being lifted by strings with angel wings, it's proper 90s boy band stuff. Um, Billy Mount says, Uh, sorry, Billy, let me get your coming uh comment up. There are so many coming of age films that are better than this. Guys, I can only but apologise for this second silence. If you're listening on Pod Squad, you may have some awkward pauses here. I hope you you find it in you to 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 keep fast forwarding. Um, I don't know what's going on tonight. I think Streamyard is being a bit temperamental. It was being dicky last week. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I see a few of you are still here. So thanks. Thank you for uh, sticking around, guys. I, I I do apologize about this. We'll, well, I'll just do my best to keep pushing through this. My Wi-Fi is fine. Um, computer is ex- an extremely powerful computer. I have no idea why this is happening. Um, But yeah, let me go back to Billy Mount's comments here, which is there are so many coming of age films that are better than this. There are indeed. There are many, many, many coming of age films that are better than this. But without comparing it to other coming of age films, just in the prospect of ranking it in a Pixar list. I'm very happy with how I've put it. I think this is a really fun, good little movie. Francis Long says, it's a catch 22 situation. It's not in general openly talked about because reasons, but because reasons, it's not generally openly discussed. Um, yeah. And thank you, Tucky for town. Thank you, sir. Uh, cool. So what are the, francis long the penis got you (laughs) very good uh and then the tech is here you should have given me a shout out for the show why would you have come and joined bro i would have happily had you but i thought it would have been a bit more fun to do like 26 movie rankings so ah then i didn't know bro i'm a pixar fanboy i would have loved to have had you on but yeah but glad you're here now bro so where were we we were on 17 which is turning red uh let's keep going uh 17 was turning no 16 was turning red sorry so on to my number 15 which is in a number 15 we have got onward now i think this is exactly bang in the middle of pixar movies i am a sucker for fantasy um i think it's so nice to see a kind of fantasy and medieval setting i love 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 the fact that they've taken fables and modernized them i love chris pratt and tom holland's voice work in this i love the estranged brother dynamic i love the themes of loss going on here and i love the fact that it's Tell me if this resonates with you guys. I love the fact that it's almost like an Amblin E.T. esque style vibe to it. I'm not saying it is like E.T. I'm not saying it copies ideas from E.T. Not at all. But I'm saying I get kind of like an Amblin entertainment vibe from it. It's like if Steel, if if Steven Spielberg did a Pixar movie underneath Amblin, I think we would have got something like this. Modern Spielberg, of course. Um, I, I really can't speak highly enough for this movie. It's, I love the setting i love the world we're in i love the modernization of the fables as i said i loved pretty much everything about it and the fact that a movie that i like so much is sitting at number 15 just speaks volumes about how good the movies we're seeing coming up are so that was my number 15. um billy mounts then uh, the text says what a lovely movie billy mountain says i haven't seen this one but i love the actors in this movie billy go and check it out my brokers honestly it's it, it, there is nothing wrong with this film. It's a really lovely little film. Uh, Right. Cool. So in at number 14, in at number 14, Uh, some people may be surprised that this is so high, given that I've seen it called out a bit before. But in at number 14, Monsters University. Now, let's just be real here. This is like if Pixar did a, a, a high school movie. This is like if Pixar did. Do you know this is? This is Revenge of the Nerds. This is literally Pixar doing Revenge of the Nerds. Um, was it necessary? No. Like a lot of Pixar sequels, does a pale in comparison to the original. Yes. Um, did it hit as deeply and profoundly ever as the original did? Absolutely not. But was it an absolute blast? I guess, yeah. For all intents and purposes, yeah, I had a blast with Monsters University because I'm kind of a sucker for the high school, you know, teenage movie. So that's something AJ and I are known for on this podcast There's movies like American Pie, movies like Revenge of the Nerds, movies like Van Wilder. We love all of that biznatch. So this is this is right up the silver screen dude street. It may not be for you. I've I got that vibe from the comments that it's not for everyone. Um, doesn't touch the original, of course, but mid mid to upper range Pixar movie, I think, is appropriate. I certainly don't think this movie belongs amongst company with the cars and the braves and the souls of the world. So I like this film. Um, and Gavin Mann says, the slug running to get to class on time always gets me. This is what I'm saying. It's got the yuck yucks. Uh, Billy Mount says, I saw this in the theater and I enjoyed it a bit. Yeah, a bit. That's, that's about what I'm saying uh tucky says loving that you don't have monsters university really low i have it too uh i have it too four. a lot of fun and 90s high school vibe works for me good um then the tech says yes it is revenge of the nerds i like this prequel yes it's good thank prequel sorry you're quite right prequel not sequel you are quite right um billy mount says nico how do you compare it with monsters at work you know what billy i actually haven't seen monsters at work so i'll add that to my to see list so cool and that was my number 14 we are kind of getting towards the business end here okay this one people are going to hate me for categorically the fact that this isn't in my top 10 people are going to go nuts for but it's my list so please don't unsubscribe just love and listen yep in at number 13 up now the first 10 minutes of up are some of the best cinema that i have ever seen it is the first 10 minutes of up that made it be the second ever animated movie to win an Oscar the montage of seeing them go through growing up together to not being able to have kids to him losing her amazing everything that follows I'm not so hot on everything that follows some of the imagery I like that follows, like this scene, I think it's coming up here. I've cut it in this scene where, you know, the, the, the metaphor of him literally carrying his load and the burden on his back through the jungle to get to the place where him and the wife wanted to be. There are some nice themes and ideas behind it, but for most part, I think Up, God, I'm going to get hate for this. Up is a one-trick pony. The trick it does is masterful, But the trick it does, unfortunately, only takes up 10 minutes of the movie. So good is that trick that it gets to rank as highly as it does. But it's only 10 minutes of the movie. And therefore, for me personally, under no circumstance should Up be making the top 10 Pixar movies. If we were discussing the first 10 minutes or the last 10 minutes of a Pixar movie, this is number one. Then it's a whole different argument. But that first 10 minutes, some of the best cinema ever. The rest of the movie, eh, fine. Yeah, charming, nice, lovely, but not not that. Um, Frank Torre says, is up one of the most powerful opening five minutes of cinema ever? Uh, Yes. Categorically, yes. Gavin Mann says, everything that follows is the adventure that they should have had. It just happened to be with someone else. Correct uh then the tech says thank you it's only the first 10 minutes riri thomas says i know you know your film trivia pretty well nico has andrew garfield ever done a voice for a pixar movie if so he should he's great andrew garfield to my knowledge riri has never ever done a pixar movie but you're quite right i could definitely see andrew's voice working in pixar uh francis lawn says so up is like a mid-range kaiju film yes I mean, it's nothing like a kaiju film but it's also completely like a mid-range kaiju film uh, and then the Texas, i agree with you 100 thank you dan love you my brother uh so that was my number 13 um in at number 12 in at number 12 in at number 12 we have got the incredibles part two man we had to wait a long time to get a sequel to this and I, I like the direction they took with this movie. Now, I don't think it achieves the same heights as the first, but I thought the villain was very inventive. I like the way it kept you guessing who the villain actually was. I like the way that they kind of flipped the story on its head and did a kind of Mr. Mum storyline, you know, so whereby Mr. Fantastic, he's the one who has to now become the stay at home parent and take care of Jack Jack and Elastigirl and, and uh, sorry, not Elastigirl, but it's, um, it is Elastigirl who becomes the, the hero in this movie. So once again, Pixar proving that female empowerment is real and that it, when used properly, can be done masterfully. But I loved the Mr. Mum vibe. Dad stays home, looks after kids. Jack-Jack cookie, num-num. Jack-Jack is one of the cutest little babies ever, except mine, of course. And the mother being the centerpiece hero of the movie. All the themes in this work for me i thought you know the undercurrent being that mothers are the real heroes as a father obviously i get offended by that i could do without that but i get the age we're living in i get the message behind it i think parents are heroes you know not wanting to pat myself too hard on the back or break my arm or anything but i i get the message i get the message and ultimately it's a sweet message um right cool so riri said no that one we've had already uh Gavin Mann says the granddad's anger towards Russell and his eventual arc is brilliant and is easily top four. That's fair. That's fair. So Incredibles 2, that was uh, my number 12. Just missing out on the top 10. Just missing out on the top 10. Uh, I think... mm, Let's see how people react to this. Just missing out on the top 10. The first ever spin off movie and the new one out of the cinema, Lightyear. The movie that you did not know that you needed. Now, I've been seeing what people are saying online that it's dead average, that it's not that good, that it's cheap thrills. I could not disagree more. This movie made me cry. This movie made me laugh and it really did make me cry by the way i'm not just saying that this movie made me cry it made me laugh remember i'm a dog person and it made me fall in love with the robotic cat it gave me some really really nice surprises with what they did with emperor zerg it even this is going to be a deep pool here but it even gave me some dead space vibes now that's a game if you've played that fucking game you know what i'm talking about dead space is the shit um, but there's one scene where they're doing like this zero-gravity jump, and I was like, they've so got that idea from Dead Space, which is a good thing because that's a fantastic game. But look, I'm first off, I'd like to extend my apologies to the community and to the channel because I did say in my out-of-theater reaction to Lightyear that I would do a review on the weekend. Life got in the way. I apologize for that. The mini-review I would give for it right now, with permission, would be that do you need to you know my top rate ranking for movies is must see in cinema based on the fact that i enjoyed it as much as i did yes see it in the cinema based on the fact that what we were discussing at the top of the show which is you have to break this culture of just waiting for things to go on streaming or eventually the quality of the movies you're watching is going to decrease because the big studios will stop investing money into movies to accommodate your desire to watch on streaming. So for a political reason, I would say, yes, see it in the cinema. As a story, you could very well and comfortably watch this one at home without any qualms of having missed like a great cinematic experience. But I may be in a minority here. I loved Lightyear. And... Again, like it up made me cry in the first 10 minutes. Lightyear made me cry in the first 30. There's it it, it's wonderful this movie. It's like an homage to movies like Serenity. It's like an homage to you know movies like Firefly. It's to to things like Firefly. Like there's so many of Battlestar Galactica. There's so many great old Stargate. Um, there's so many great kind of pulpy sci-fi references in here. If you're a sci-fi fan you are going to really like this movie um yeah i, I yeah i've really 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 loved it um and what have we got here uh billy mount says i need to see this movie yes you do uh gavin man says still to see it no spoilers please no worries um billy mount says i'll wait till it hits disney plus you can you can but remember you are sending a message to the studios if you do that Den the Tech says, love this film, seen it weeks ago, but couldn't say anything. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to you about that when I see you this weekend. And uh, Frank Torres says, Nico, your dead space analogy sold me a ticket. Lol. <laughs> there you go, my brother. <laughs> Billy Martin says, Nico, do you remember the 2D animated series Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? I remember it. I never saw it. Um, I've, we've got a friend, uh, Den the Tech and I are on a comic book group and we've got, A friend called Nate who was actually saying the other day in the group that uh, apparently some stuff in Lightyear retcons some of that series. I've never seen that 2D animated series, so I wouldn't be able to tell you, Billy. But um, if it does or doesn't, what I can tell you is that whatever they've done in this movie story wise. Two thumbs way up. Really, really good. Really, really good. Gavin Mann says it's 11 on your Pixar list. Sounds like a must see to me. It is. It is. Please go and see this movie. Please go and see this movie. It's it, it, it's, wonderful. So, guys. <laughs> hour 15 in. Now, the movie Mount Rushmore can begin. So, AJ and I each go our separate way. We just... <laughs> we're not doing that this week. But we're in the business end of the list now. So, on to our top 10. And in at number 10. In at number 10. Paris. We are going to Paris for Ratatouille. Now. You wouldn't think a rat would be the connoisseur of great food. But what they did, people may not know this, especially with the accent, especially if you're new to the channel, but I am French. I am French. And this movie, as and I am from Paris, and this movie made me feel homesick. This movie made me feel so at home. I loved the way that it both embraced the... The romanticism that France has with haute cuisine, you know, uh Michelin high-star cooking, and I loved the way that it also poked fun at the snobbery and the criticism that surrounds five-star cooking. Because of course, whenever you have something great, it invites great criticism. Um, which is why I've always said to people when they've said, 'Ah, oh, you're like you're like a wannabe movie critic,' I'm like, No, 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 no. I am never, never, ever uh sold myself as a movie critic As I said to on the show with AJ movie pundit I'm here with my friends online and with my best friend usually in studio talking about movies punditry yeah there's no critiquing going on here i have an opinion of course but my opinion is no more valid than yours um or less valid than yours even but what Ratatouille does is just sell you on the idea that food when done properly I mean, stating the obvious here, is the source of life, is the joie de vivre, it's the je ne sais quoi, it's the, it's the thing that makes you happy. There's that age-old saying, isn't it? The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And it's true. Like, food like this makes you happy to be alive. It's always bugged AJ a bit because you don't, like, get down with the rodents. I mean, neither, neither do I, but, like, yeah. I, I love Ratatouille, man. Absolutely love Ratatouille. Um... Gavin Man says, get ready to punt. Yeah, we're not there today. <laughs> um, Billy Mount AJ is no longer a m- mountain rushmore. No, he is. He is. He is. He's just sick this week. He will be back next week, hopefully. Uh, he will be back next week, hopefully. Francis Lawrence says, I hear Ratatouille. All I can think of is Faulty Towers. He put Basil in the Ratatouille. Yes. Well done, Francis. The last ever episode of Fawlty Towers, episode six, season two. Basil the rat ends up in the rat You are spot on. I never even drew that comparison. Well done, you, for a great little pull. Uh, Riri Thomas says, I remember AJ doesn't like this. I'm with AJ. I found this a bit boring and average. Sorry, Nico. That's fine. I can handle that. That's absolutely fine. Gavin Mann says, Did it have a certain je ne sais quoi about it? It did. You did a big je ne sais quoi about it. Um, and Billy Mount says, Uh, Patton Oswald was great as the rat. He was in. The- <laughs> is <laughs> not even here, and y'all are firing shots at him. The ratatouille. Um, and Billy Mountain says, I like the bit where the chef is drunk. Good for you. <laughs> so that was my number 10. In at number nine, um, bit of maybe a bit of a shocker for some. Um, yeah, we'll see. Let's see how people react. In at number nine, the original Incredibles. Look. Some people say this is the best Pixar movie ever. I'll say one thing is the clip I just put in there. It's certainly the best Fantastic Four movie we've ever had. Um, there's also this kind of ongoing soundbite saying this is one of the best superhero movies ever. I'm missing a trick on this one, guys. Like, I I like this movie. It's definitely top 10 territory. It's got amazing family values to it. It's got a superb storyline to it. I love the depiction of superpowers in it. I love the dynamic between all of the characters in it. I can't fault this movie for the life of me. It's you know it's got a few sinister moments in it, um, but it's just a barrel of laughs. It's absolutely brilliant. But people say this is the best Pixar movie. I don't get it. it, it top ten, sure, but for me, this as you've just seen for my ranking, this doesn't even make top five. Like, it's good. It's great, in fact, but best pixar movie i can't hear that noise i cannot hear that noise um but yeah that's just me um gavin man says is that cars outside well yes gavin actually it is so as, as i said at the top of the show i have been evicted from my uh studio and i am now basically in a corner of the living room so that's me and my studio set up here now, put into a corner so that my daughter can have uh, can have a, a room to herself because she's crawling around and she needs her own space now. So we're going to be buying a house soon. Yeah. So I'll have my studio back the way I want set up and we're going to get a really nice background as and when the house is bought. It's going to look great. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, for now, I'm in the living room and it's very hot in the living room, despite the fact that I've got a fan blowing on me here and the windows are wide open. Those are cars you can hear outside. Um and Francis Lowen says, bummer. Would have rated Incredibles maybe in five to seven range. Yeah, see, I don't get that. I don't get it. And I really, 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 really like this movie, but I, I wouldn't put it that high. Um, Gavin Mann says, not seen either Incredibles. Give them a try, bro. People love them. I am on a minority of people who love them less. Still love them, but less. Um, oh, the Fantastic Four, 1994. That's the uh, Roger Corman version, isn't it? <laughs> Then the text says, love this movie. What a great team-up superhero movie. Best Fantastic Four movie. Oh, by a country mile, brother. By a country mile movie. Gavin Man says, best Pixar movie is still to come in your list. You haven't mentioned any of the three yet. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, right, so that was my number nine. In at number eight, in at number eight, um, I love this film, actually. yeah. In at number eight, I'm happy with the placement on this one, Coco. Now, remember I said earlier when we were talking about Soul, it's like, hmm, an afterlife movie. I'm pretty sure we've seen that already. Yes, we have, right here in Coco. And the afterlife in this is sensationally beautiful. This is about a young boy who gets transported by accident to the afterlife. And in order to save his own soul, he has to reconnect with his great, I think it's great-great-grandfather or great-grandfather, a musical legend, To find his way back to his home, it is so wonderfully put together, it is such a brilliant curtain raise on Mexican culture. The music in it is sensational. This is a movie I want to see a sequel to because that that afterlife they created that is a world I personally want to spend more time in. This movie is so good. Um, in, in the last few years, this has been Pixar's best movie going back to sort of 2018. I mean. This blew my mind when I saw it. And that end scene with him and the grandmother playing on the guitar is just, oh, it's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, Francis Lanz says, agree with Coco. And Gavin Mann says, I managed to hold, hold it back in Coco until the song at the end. That song, remember me it's so good it's so good um yeah i can't stress that enough in case you haven't realized fucking love this film absolutely love this film um and frank torres says agree with coco as well so that was my number eight in at number seven in at number seven haha a lot of people save it we've got monsters inc i adore this film as well i think this is pixar's fourth or fifth movie What was so clever about this film is that where it started out as kind of like an almost office-esque, you know, men at work, um, almost like a buddy, not a buddy cop, but, you know, buddy comedy thing. Um, All of a sudden, out of nowhere, after we've got, you know, we've kind of dispersed with the Saturday night live style skits. All of a sudden, we get out of nowhere, this little girl, boo. And the movie, out of nowhere, takes a turn for, for from being good to being incredible. It becomes heartfelt. It becomes it remains funny. It becomes kind of scary in parts. And the story that everyone loves in Monsters, Inc. Just the idea that for centuries, monsters have been harnessing the power of fear. You know, the scream making us scared until they realized this is obviously the sum up of the film, that there's so much more powerful in laughter. Now, what a great message that is. What a great message that don't be afraid, be happy, you know, in its simplest form. What a great message to send to not only kids, but adults as well. And this is why, you know, Billy Mount said earlier, you know, the family movies, this is the point I'm making. And this is why Brave and Soul annoyed me so much because Monsters Inc. shows, you can be kid-friendly, but have superb themes. Superb themes that entertain the adults and keep the adults hooked. Monsters, Inc. is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Then the text says, what a cast. Yeah, right. Felicia, Billy Crystal, John Goodman, Mutter's uh, Face, uh, uh, Mr. Pink, fucking Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just what a cast indeed. Um, Gavin Mann says, put the thing back where I came from um francis Long says i'd rank monsters inc maybe number five i would listen to that on any other day i would listen to that uh ruby thomas says monsters inc has so many emotions it's almost it's almost the most roller coaster of emotions pixar film i'd I'd hear that too uh gavin Mann, yes indeed steve buscemi was the voice of randall and tucky says Why is Tucky's comment not coming up? Tucky says, Billy Crystal turned down the Buzz Lightyear role before Tim Allen, so he was then very keen to take on Mike Wazowski role after seeing success at Toy Story. I actually didn't know that. Billy Crystal turned... Could I hear Billy Crystal saying to Infinity and beyond? No, I couldn't. I'm glad things turned out the way they did. Um, And Gavin Mann says, the hair detail on Sully was crazy. Crazy. (laughs) yeah. Kitty. (laughs) Oh, Kitty. (laughs) Um... And Frank Torres says, we've still got three Toy Story films to go. We do indeed. We do indeed, sir. Uh, Stay tuned. We're coming up to them in a very short while. But not yet. But not yet. So that was my number seven. And in at number six, Fish Our Friends, Not Food. Finding Nemo is my number six. This movie, along with the Blue Planet, Got so many people interested in the underwater world that as an underwater cinematographer, it makes me so happy. Story-wise, look, Father Searching for Son, it's a story we've seen before, but where the way Pixar managed to capture the underwater world and show the wonders of the deep to an audience not familiar with them, I say again, as a diver, just makes me... So fucking happy, I can't tell you. It's got so many great nautical references too, like my favorite being Bruce, obviously. Um, Some people may not know this. The mechanical shark in Jaws uh, kept breaking down, and it's what made the Jaws production budget get so expensive. So much so that Steven Spielberg, I believe it was either his accountant or publicist, pretty sure it was his accountant though, kept on calling him and saying, you need to pull the plug on this film. We cannot make this movie. Steven Spielberg's accountant, was called Bruce. And they actually ended up naming the mechanical shark Bruce. And then you've got the great white shark in Finding Nemo. Hello, name's Bruce. You know, it's so good. And that's just one instance of the genius that permeates this movie. Um, Yes, okay, we've already stated that we don't like Ellen DeGeneres. I'll listen to that noise all day long. Awful person. But the movie... Is fantastic and it's got so many nice beats to it which finding dory just lacked. that whole beginning scene with his wife dying by barracuda the part where he gets captured the part where he finds dory and the sharks and the part where they go down into the deep and go through the jellyfish and then the turtles i mean it's just oh it's such an adventure it's such an adventure it's brilliant um yeah Francis Lalonde says, now Finding Nemo, I'd personally rank 7 to 8. Gavin Mann says, hmm, potential wall and Inside Out in top 4. Can't disagree with that. Uh, Francis Lalonde says, trying to justify moving Incredibles up. <laughs> Keep trying. Tucky says, went to see Finding Nemo with mates during my carefree college years, so got a lot of love on nostalgia for it. It's so good, Tucky. I'm really glad you still love it. Never caught that! Naming of Bruce. Yes, Francis, I got you. That was all a little tip of the hat to Jaws um so so you're a clownfish (laughs) tell us a joke (laughs) gavin man says nico will need to send you a sketch of the mechanics they used underwater for bruce and jaws yes please yes please do 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 so do so do so do so uh so finding nemo is my number six right guys top five time we're there we are there this is going to piss people off now my ranking i know for a fact that people aren't going to agree with this but hey ho here we are in the top five And at number five, the OG Toy Story. I'm not being funny here. I love this movie still to infinity and beyond. Toy Story changed cinema. It changed the game. It has, as with all of these top tier Pixar movies, the voice acting is incredible between Tim Allen and uh, Tom Hanks. It has got incredibly well done themes of, um, of, of, uh, of existential crises. Yes. It's got tropes that we've seen in cinema before, but reinvented and done. Oh, so bloody well. Um, it's timeless. This is a movie. It doesn't matter how old you are and it doesn't matter how old your kids are and their kids are. This movie is intergenerationally definingly brilliant. It is forever. It is a game-changing forever movie, this one. I adore it. Absolutely adore it. Um, Gavin Mann says, above two, bold. I love it. And Francis Lone says, hmm, Toy Story. I think number four. And then the text says, I can agree with that. Thumbs up uh and francis sean says mr potato head ruled here yeah, he did didn't he such an asshole! <laughs> such an asshole!" all right guys that was my number five in at sorry let me just get rid of that comment there uh francis boom bang and in at number four uh this well i think you can all see which way i'm going here in at number four we've got toy story two above toy story one yes here's why I thought what they did with Toy Story two landed more of a more of an emotional punch to me than Toy Story one did. Now, of course, were AJ wet here, the argument he likes to use is that none of these other Toy Story movies would be possible without Toy Story one. Now, of course, that comment stands to be true, but Toy Story two did beats that Toy Story one for me. It's not that it failed to do, it never set out to do. Toy Story 1 had to establish these characters and the world they live in and establish the idea that, you know, toys are actually alive, which, of course, we all love, right? What Toy Story 2 did is it injected it with emotion. If you disagree, think about Jesse's song, When She Loved Me. You try and tell me there is a single moment in Toy Story that good. There's not. There's legitimately there is not um, those moments with in Toy Story 2 elevate it for me above Toy Story one. It's so heartbreaking hearing Jessie's story and hearing what happened to her all those years in isolation. I mean, think about this. It is literally a prison for the mind. She's been cast aside, set aside by the person that she loved and who held above everyone. And after years and years and years of neglect, that person takes her back and then abandons her. Like, that is some heart-wrenching shit. I invite anyone to re-watch that now and not try and, and, and you know, and hold back. Is, it is so hard to watch. And then you move on from, obviously, one scene doth not make a movie, as I've already discussed with Up. I think what they did with Woody in this story were sensational, giving him the choice where both are right and therefore neither is right. Because in his right hand, he holds that which he thought he held near and dear, Andy and his friends. But then in the other, he's now just been presented with the story of Jesse and the story of loss and neglect. And a story which, as we know, kind of turns out to happen to him. In Toy Story 3, but I don't want to skip ahead So I'll I'll come back to this point But a story of warning Saying, hey, eventually You are going to be cast aside You are going to be forgotten about You will stop being Important to him Do you want to just be thrown away and abandoned Like I was? Or do you actually want To hang around with me And Bullseye And Stinky Pete and make a difference to us where you are able to, or do you want to run back to your friends for the short term? Be happy, but in the long term, you're going to be cast aside. That is brilliant storytelling. And for that reason, Toy Story 2 ranks above Toy Story 1 for me. Let me see the comments. Uh, bu- 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 bum- bum. Tucky says, in the first few minutes, you get the look and Picasso joke, and then a little later, Potato Head using his lips to imply kiss ass Genius. Yes, that's Toy Story One. Genius. Francis Lawn says, Don't remember Toy Story Two very well. Please go back and rewatch it, Francis. It's sensational. Quick45 says, Yes again. Oh my god, thumbs up. Yes. Um, and Kevin Man says, Does AJ's argument fall apart with his love for T2 then? Yeah. Where that hashtag now, Gavin. (laughs) a joke of course but yeah look it is what it is the aj's defense for the toy story franchise has always been one is the one one is the one because that's what created it all it doesn't exist without that one which obviously has some truth but for me personally lacks lacks the development but you've heard aj and i go at that one before francis says, nico question were there already plans for toy story sequels before as original was in production to my knowledge no toy story was meant to be a i don't i to my knowledge toy story wasn't even meant to be a feature film it was meant to be like a kind of almost a a product test or a product demo for for studio execs and they went whoa shit this is good what happens to this cowboy and that's how the story came to be so i don't believe there was ever plans for sequels um then the tech i see your choices i'm going to star them and come back to them later uh Tucky says I'd argue Buzz's realization he's a toy in the original is deeper than Jesse's story but they're both great. Ooh. So thematically I hear what you're saying Tucky. But actually I do hear what you're saying. But delivery is important. And although Randy Newman Randy Newman's song, you know, gave you the feels, I thought the montage of jesse being abandoned that moved me to tears in the first and you know buzz's story never moved me to tears. maybe i was too young maybe I, maybe it'll change if i watch now who knows um gavin man thoughts on the theory that andy's mom was jesse's original owner i've always prescribed to that theory and i have always loved it because you can see because if you prescribe to that theory Think about Toy Story 2 when she is so adamant. Uh, Okay, think about Toy Story 1 and 2, where in Toy Story 1, when Andy is expressing, like, fear that Woody's gone, the mother doesn't seem to really care, right? So she's kind of like, "Oh, whatever, you know, I've been there before. But then in number 2, she's very adamant, like, no, 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 this toy is not for sale. So it's the way I like to think about it, it's almost like the pain that Andy was in reminded the mum of what she did to Jesse. And that's why in Toy Story 2, her character is different and she's so protective of Andy's toys because it's like, no, 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 no. I remember what happened to me. I'm not putting my son through that. So yeah, I love that. Love that. Um, and Rui Thomas says Toy Story 2 is the first animated film that made me cry. <laughs> Gavin man with my hashtag Nikaholics my man thank you uh, Billy Mount says I love Toy Story 2 as a kid love it now too Billy going back and watch it I hope you re- still love it um, <laughs> Tucky says Andy's mom has been a villain all along um, and Billy Mount says the actor voiced Al was the same guy in Jurassic Park and Seinfeld yeah yeah uh, mm-hmm. yes of course it was <laughs> of course it was and in um oh what's that one with sharon stone come on where she shows her minge what's it called um oh guys help me out here that uh, is it, it's not dangerous liaisons what is it dangerous liaisons fatal attraction jesus and yes chris trengrove is here hello chris wayne newman by the way guys i'm gonna take a moment to plug my boy chris here did y'all know that chris trengrove is making a movie? The guy right here in the trap who knows his movies and has just come in, not even a hello, just bang, Wayne Newman. And he's correct. Wayne Newman. Although, is it not? Is it Wayne Knight or Wayne Newman? I thought, mmm, Chris, it may be Wayne Knight. I think it was Randy Newman and Wayne Knight. You may be right though. I'll have to double-check that. Um, yeah. Chris Trengrove, who you can follow on Instagram, just search for the name, Chris Trengrove. He will come up. Uh, is making a movie my man here is a producer so if you're not doing it already please go and follow chris Trangrove on twitter and please go and support his movie because one of our own i love the way i'm laying claim to you now chris but one of our own is a movie producer a weird little film family member right here in our youtube corner is a film producer i salute you christopher I see all of you now. against the best against the best thank thank you. Uh, yeah, 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 Um and Francis Long says, Think you mentioned Christie's film, any links, Kickstarter, etc. Chris, the floor is yours, my friend. I leave it to you to comment away. Um, have at it, my friend. So yeah, Toy Story Two, that was my number four. I think y'all can see why I'm going with my number three. Uh, in at number three the best of the three in at number three the film that broke everyone toy story three the film which has arguably got the best villain in lotso the film which has got so many beautiful subtle touches like the way that when they're in the daycare they have a look at this i think i've got the clip up here look out for it i'll see if i can pause it actually but uh, so, okay, you've got Rex here. Again, Vod, uh, Pod Squad, I'm sorry that you can't see this. Let me keep playing. So, as they're in the daycare and they. Oh, oh, come on, come on, come on. Where's this thing? Cool. Look at Rex here. Yes, looks just like pain. Alternatively, think of it as prison tattoos. It may be a bit of a reach, but what they have done with. Toy Story 3, with all the little subtleties like the prison tattoos, with the things like turning, you know, the jungle gym into the guard tower, with brilliant look, this scene, for instance. Literally, what you're seeing here, Woody and Buzz are in fucking Dante's Inferno. These are the nine circles of hell these toys are in. And they're literally, I, I'm ending it with a shot here of them acknowledging their own mortality and saying goodbye to each other. And this is a kid's film? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Now, where the movie, I think, hit everyone hard, and this is something I'm kind of going to try and do with my daughter. There was a 10-year gap between Toy Story 2 and 3. And I think that 10-year gap is very important. Because much like Andy in the movie, we, the audience who grew up with the Toy Story movies, have obviously grown up. So all these feelings of nostalgia, all these feelings of the elasticity of time that are permeating the movie, we feel just like the characters in the movie. And whenever you have that type of connection to a character, that for me is when a movie becomes timeless. When you can so closely relate to what a character is going through, because you've been there yourself, you know what's going on with that, that's power. And now I come back to the point I was making in Toy Story 2. You remember Jesse's little story when she loved me, the abandonment? Although what Andy did to his toys is far, far, far softer, and he made sure that they had a good home as opposed to just tossing him to the side and hoping. Jesse's premonition came to pass. That's a fact. It came to pass in a different way, but what Jesse was afraid of being abandoned again, came to pass. Came to pass. Um, going back to Chris a bit, Gavin Mahan says, Chris Trengrove was late because he was picking up his tux for the red carpet event. My man. Francis Lone, I still haven't seen Toy Story 3. Okay, Francis. Let's have a chat. Before next week, please Go and see Toy Story 3. I implore you. I beg you. Go and treat yourself to this movie. And Gavin Man says, that's a weird way of saying Toy Story 3 is number one. No, 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 no. Then the Tech says, my number one, I cry every time. Me too? Me too? Chris Trengroff says, thank you, Nico. I'm part of a team producing a horror feature by director-writer Parker Brennan that's an anthology of stories that focus on queer identification. My man, Chris. And Gavin Man says that scene, the scene that Nico had no feelings for. Look, the fact that it's the Dante's circle of hell that makes people cry, that's never the one that got me. The one that always got me is that final scene when Andy leaves them. It's the so long partner. That's, it breaks me. Every single time. Yes, as then it's then saying here when Andy reaches for Woody at the end it's so painful it's so painful um and tangenting back to Chris here uh the film is Hauntology and and we do have a kickstarter we've more than halfway to making our first stretch goal every little bit helps Chris we support you here on the channel in fact you know what Chris I'm going to include that kickstarter link in our video description starting from next week okay and I agree with you Toy Story 3 is perfect. Uh, and now I must block some porn and porn is blocked Porn is blocks. Right guys. Top two time. Top two time. In at number two, which obviously means you're gonna guess my number one. but in at number oh, just quickly. Hello Tian. Grim Reaper. Hello mate. how are we doing? Great to hear from you. And Gavin says, hundred percent agree, Nico. Completely fell apart at the end of Toy Story three. It's devastating. It is devastatingly sad." And in at number two now, nearly at the top of the list, in at number two, arguably Pixar's most experimental film and most art house film, Wally. Wally is wonderful. It is charming. It is heartfelt. And it explores the universality of every sentient being wanting companionship. The way that look, look here, and again, Pod Squad, I apologise, but look here, Wally is longing for companionship. He's looking to the stars, literally, to find his soulmate. And then when he thinks he's found his soulmate in the form of. <clears throat> They go on a rip-roaring adventure together where he's trying to get her back it definitely has some things to say obviously you know not very subtly about what we are doing to our own planet and about what we are doing to ourselves as human beings the way that we've all become i mean if anything, Wally saw what was about to happen to us, and it guessed the whole freaking future, right? It's like, we've all become a bit lazy, fat, and sedentary. Um, we've all become a bit dependent on technology. I mean, Wally called it. like We were already heading that way, but to the degree we have, Wally called it. Um, yeah, and Tien, who this bot naked? That's the, that's, that's the porn bots, which I'm now blocking. The porn is blocked. Um, yeah, it's And the riskiest move of all is that first sort of 25 or so minutes where the whole film is basically dialogue-free, like a silent movie. This is nearly, for me, Pixar's magnum opus. But not quite. Not quite. Because my number one, my favorite Pixar movie of all time could change. But as it stands right now, on this day, my favorite Pixar movie is inside out oh my god i love this film from the way that we are exploring the inside of a young girl's mind as she goes through her first really difficult emotional change which is leaving her home and settling somewhere new where she doesn't know anyone having all of the feelings of happiness anger um sadness disgust and fear all manifesting and showing how they are all integral parts of the human psyche the the way that the movie ends by showing that there's actually happiness and sadness and there's sadness and happiness and that human beings have mixed emotions and that's the power and of course i had to end up with this here r.i.p bing bong oh bing bong i i i i i i i i i i Bing bong, man. Just I test for anyone watch this movie and tell me you don't cry when he says take her to the moon. I mean, I'm getting teared up now just thinking about it. It is so hard to watch. Like, look at me. I've literally I'm tearing up now. It is, so, yep, there you go. Riri Thomas says it take her to the moon for me. It's it, oh. <laughs> it's, because we've all done it, haven't we? We've all done it, we've all had that feeling of you know being alone and having I'm actually tearing up now, having that childhood imaginary friend, you know who's essentially our our barrier, our protection, our safe place, but outgrowing that and therefore losing that and coming to grips with the big, wide, scary world. There is a universality to this movie. Everyone can relate to it. And I think what an amazing, original, beautiful way to show the complexity of human emotions in its simplest form. This, this is fucking filmmaking. This is filmmaking. This, this blew me away when I saw it and still does to this day. It still does to this day. Um, Tien says, Up is by far the most emotional Pixar movie for me Well, we discussed Up, T First 10 minutes are I'll hear you all day on that, brother Uh, Chris Trangrove says, Inside Out is great The adventures of joy and sadness feel less organic, more scripted But, yes, the ending unification of joy and sadness is cathartically perfect Well said, my friend Well said Um, Guys, look, it is the end of a show I can't believe... Thank you everyone for helping me keep the show up to a usual runtime. I really appreciate it. I couldn't have done this without you and the great comments you've been providing me with. So thank you for that. Um, It is that time. We are going to do a Rushmore. Um, I don't really have AJ to fight with here this week. So I'm going to ask you guys to start dropping your top fours or top tens if you prefer, but I'll be focusing on your top four places. Drop your Rushmores into the comment section down below. Um, I really want to see where you guys rank Pixar movies, and between myself and what you you guys put, we should hopefully be able to kind of figure out what the Rushmore of Pixar movies is. and obviously that will then go on Twitter and Movie MT Rushmore at We Love Movies uh, with with uh, our good friend JT. And yeah, let's try and figure out this Rushmore. So let's see what have we got so far. So Dan the Tech has given me three. We've got wall Inside Out and Toy Story Three, so you and me are exactly in line there, brother. So I'm I'm hearing that all day long. Francis Lone says, "Silver Screen Dudes, my Rushmore. We've got Ratatouille, Incredibles, Toy Story, Wally. Okay, so that's twice Wally has come up now, guys." <clears throat> uh, Tucky then says, "For their top four, it is Monsters University, Toy Story Three, Toy 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 Story Two, Toy Story One." Nice choice, Gavin. Mann says we've got number ten Monsters University, nine Toy Story two, eight Monsters Inc. Se- seven Soul. Wow, six Coco, five Inside Out, five Inside Out. Yeah, Gavin. Four uh, Wally, three Toy Story two, two Up, one Toy Story three. So I'm seeing Wally and Toy Story three. That's twice in the top four now. What else have we got here? What else have we got? What else have we got? Uh Riri has said, thank you, Riri. Inside Out, Toy Story Three, Up. The Incredibles. A lot of love for Up, huh? Okay. A lot of love for Up. Chris Trengrove has said the Incredibles. Toy Story One, Toy Story Three, and Wally. So what? So okay, for me, Wally has to be in there, right, guys? So Wally is definitely in there um get a feeling that toy story 3 should be in there too uh francis Law says wally looks firm as this toy story 3 yeah i think wally and toy story 3 do need to be in there uh tien says wow no one likes that well hang on T. um riri thomas picked up as their as her number three uh, sorry their number three and pretty sure someone else picked up yeah look here man gavin man put up as his number two there's T, there's definitely some love for up here. Don't you worry, um, guys. Tell me how you think this sounds. Um, Send out in the comments down below. I'm thinking, Wally, Toy Story three, Inside Out. Guys, help me. What should the fourth be? What should the fourth spot on the Rushmore be? Um, let me go back through your lists quickly see if there's a commonality uh let's go back through everything nah to allow cars man (laughs) it's a classic film sure but it's definitely not making a rush more um so okay once again den said wally inside out toy story three those are the three i'm batting for essentially francis Lalonde said ratatouille incredibles and toy story I kind of only want to have one of the Toy Story movies in there, so let's avoid that spanner. Ratatouille Incredibles. So we've got Ratatouille and Incredibles fighting. Um, then Tucky's brought Monsters University and the Toy Story franchise. We've got a Toy Story movie already. So we've got Ratatouille, we've got Incredibles, and we've got Monsters University. Okay, Gavin Mann's top four, Wally. Toy Story up and so okay up we've got a whole other fucking Rushmore here Uh, Riri Thomas has said Inside Out Toy Story 3 up that's the second time we've had the Incredibles in the top four Uh, Chris Trengove Toy Story Toy Story Wally that's three for the Incredibles how would everyone feel about me putting the Incredibles as the fourth spot in the Rushmore Um, hmm 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 uh gavin man says wally toy story 3 up inside out i'm gonna do toy story 3 inside out and and uh wally for sure up maybe tucky says up should be there francis leland wally toy story 3 inside out up that's a third one for up tian you're a happy man bro everyone's going for up um chris trengrove the incredibles adds a different director voice brad bird to the rushmore it does indeed uh then i don't think i'm gonna go monsters inc bro i mean i love it but i'm not seeing enough love for it in the comments and i want the people to have a decision here um so yeah coco coco is a great shout monsters inc they're both great shouts but it to me it looks like it's a toss up between up and the incredibles so we've got toy story 3 we've got inside out um toy story 3 inside out and wally those are the givens. um i actually need to mark these down so i don't forget them uh, where's aj when you need him uh, so we've got toy story 3 we've got wally we've got inside out so where i'm struggling now guys <laughs> uh francis on suggest. sorry i laughed because i said put, gavin saying put in light year to wind up the haters. i could just to fuck people off that would be quite funny um yeah tian toy story 3 is in there bro it's in the rushmore don't you worry my friend uh francis non says battle between incredibles and monsters now, at the moment it looks like it's a battle between the incredibles and up uh then the techer said up gavin man said up Christian Grover said the Incredibles. Chen has said up. Uh Taki, in- should Inside Out be in there? Absolutely, it should. Uh, The Incredibles would be different genre in Rushmore. That's true. Gavin Mann says, Nico, the four I suggested will give a tight poll. I'll come back to that in one second, Gavin. Um, Chen says, Love doing your new camera setup. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Um, I would push for Incredibles but I think majority are looking at up, Says Francis Dan says make up let me just go back to what Gavin said so Gavin I've got a top 10 from you here inside I've got Wally Toy Story up and Toy Story 3 I don't want to put two Toy Stories in there uh I just want to put one Toy Story unless I've missed your comment here sorry let me find you Gavin this does look like a good rush, mark I've just found your comment. Wally Toy Story 3 Up Inside Out. That is. Is it up or the Incredibles, guys? Up or the Incredibles? What are we doing? I think we've settled. I think people seem to be more or less happy with that. Other Chris, I apologize. I, I apologize. I, I I would listen to the Incredibles, but I think the majority are picking up. Up didn't make my top 10. So I'm definitely listening to the people on this one. People love up. People love up. Guys, I'm going to lock it off. We're going to lock it off now. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let us do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of Pixar movies in no particular order is Toy Story 3. Our second entry is... Wally our third entry is inside out inside out. Sorry. Speak into the mic and our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore. There's my voice into the movie Mount Rushmore of Pixar movies is up guys. My first solo show two hours long. I cannot thank you guys enough for being on this ride with me. I'm not going to lie. It's been hard. (laughs) I've really missed AJ here. So I really hope he recovers from COVID as quickly as possible and gets back. I do hope he's back next week. Um, Look, provisionally, so what we're going to do, obviously 3rd of of July is is AJ's birthday, and I believe 6th of July is then the tech's birthday, if I'm not wrong. Um, But that's going to be our next drunk Rushmore where that kind of third or fourth or fifth, whatever, whatever day that week the Tuesday lands on, that's going to be our next uh, drunk Rushmore, which is going to be Tom Cruise movies. Next week, we're going to do the remaining most anticipated movies of the year. Um, I know Gavin Mann pointed out last week that obviously we did a kind of most anticipated of 2022, but a lot of new movie announcements came out at Cinecon. In uh, Cinecom, Cinecon, sorry, in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. So, there's a lot of new stuff that's come out, and yeah, we need to talk about it and say what we're excited about. Then, we're gonna do Tom Cruise, so yeah, we got some shit planned, we've got a lot of cool top tens coming out. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna ramble on much longer, guys. I'm just gonna say, like, look, as always, if you are listening to us on pod appreciate you you're still our biggest community out there all we'll 33,000 of you it would be really nice if y'all would come over to youtube it would be great um if you are listening on podcast it would be great to see you here on youtube which is silver screen dudes every tuesday 8 30 p.m uk time we are live and we've got our regulars here in the chat as we do every week and i love having you guys on the live squad here live squad if you could please 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 like Francis, I love you for like telling people about the show and for, you know, including me as part of your people to follow each week. Mwah. Blessed for that. Thank you, my man. Um, but yeah, guys, please, like, Chris, you especially, you have movie people now. Bring them, bring them this way. Like you're, I plug you, you plug me. That's that's a fair deal. No. Um, but yeah, Chris, your your link, your Kickstarter link is going to be on every one of our videos moving forward until you tell me kickstarter done yeah i'll help you in any way i can but if you could send some movie people our way chris that would be also oh appreciated gavin i know you know some people up in scotland brother send them our way please um tucky you two uh who am i forgetting here like then i know i know you've got some people who you can bring over tien i know you're not the only movie fan bro bring some people over this way i feel like i'm forgetting people god i'm so sorry um, but guys, you know, I've got love for every single one of you. We've, uh, Frank Torres, you too. I see you. Riri Thomas, I want to see you back more often. Bring some of your homies over to the channel. Um, but yeah, guys, share the love. Sh- bring people over. We are a weird little film family here. So it would be really nice to to see me, you know, to 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 see more of you and your friends coming and joining the show. Um, shameless plug again, if you actually do like the content that I've been bringing you, that me and AJ have been bringing you, remember you can support us. It's £2. It's buymeacoffee.com forward slash movie dudes. The link to that is in the video description and in the podcast description. Uh, it's two quid. When we, It's not going into our pocket. It's to reinvest into the show buying you hardware, buying you software. We're hoping to give you multi-camera angles. It'll help me build the studio in the new house, and it will just all be put back into making the show a better, more interesting place for you guys. Um, think of it as you building your studio collectively as a community. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I don't have anything else to say right now. <laughs> but yeah, guys, just please share, share, share the love. Um, and it's been awesome having you here. I've loved having you here. Um <laughs> and Tien says i'll take this one as a loss i hope this doesn't make your head blow up but this view and your looks remind me of bradley cooper well mate i'll take that as a massive compliment because he's a good-looking cat he is a good-looking cat so i'll take one um and then as you said mate, everyone watching here now guys if you could give the video a like that helps with the algorithm ranking thank you so much Um, And if you're not subscribed already, guys, do hit the subscribe button. Would be greatly appreciated. But most importantly, please just tell people, help me, help AJ. Just help us keep growing, guys. I just want people like yourselves watching your content and enjoying with us each Tuesday or as often as you can make it. Yeah, I love having you guys here. It's one of the highlights of my week. Oh, Tuesday's here. It's time to see my buddies on YouTube. You know, it's a nice time we have here. And I love seeing you guys. But, oh. Chris Trangov, that's very kind of you. I just bought you five cups of coffee. Thanks for great content, Nico and AJ. Chris, thank you, brother. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you, man. And guys, thank you to all of you for being here with me every Tuesday, for giving me so much of your time, for letting me into your life. It's lovely seeing you all. I'm going to stop rambling now and I'm going to end the broadcast. Guys, from me, Nico Leroux, I'll see you all next week, hopefully with AJ send him your love as you already have shout out to him at m o w news on twitter m o w news on twitter um send him your best and we'll see him hopefully back next week if not you're stuck with me again i w- there will be a show next week no matter what guys peace out love you all